Welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Adam Reeks, and it's time to meet our guests. On the line, all the way from another country, is the moonwalking unicorn. Hello. Quite possibly another world altogether. Yes. How are we doing, Adam? <laughs> I'm, I'm very well, thanks. It was uh, in, in the test call before the podcast, I was quite surprised to see that, or see indeed, or hear that you're uh, not a lady. And uh, I am indeed not a lady. I do apologise. I think if it, I'd be interested to know how many other people had that impression as well. It's often really hard to tell when it's just a picture. <laughs> I, I will say, admittedly, that I am uh, purposely vague ah. online about my gender and other qualities. Yes, well, from your Avi picture, you've got quite a lot of things that you don't like not a lot <laughs> yes. of things that you do like mostly just me <laughs> okie dokes and from all the way from another country as well we have the plato puss hello i've been uh, following your tweets with interest i think what what a wonderful character <laughs> well thank you and you were another who i was sexually ambiguous towards or oh, rece- really? receiving I, I don't know Getting all the wrong vibes. <laughs> so I was just happy you said it as, as platypus, not platypus, and just thought I'd spell it wrong, and then it would have just been this thing hovering over everything. But you got it right. I'm glad. Steady, steady down. Oh, steady on. I'm not a theist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and from another country altogether, we have the atheist Smurf. Hello. Hello. So, guys, just quickly round the table, go in order, I'll mix it up, you know, just keep it fresh. This is a bit of an impromptu call, we've kind of talked about it for the last week or so, and I think it's good fun when they're impromptu, and you you, know, you get a couple of ring-ins at the last minute. These are my favourite podcasts to do, I think these are good fun. So, the Moonwalking Unicorn, whereabouts are you from? Uh, I'm from Southern California. America. That's not far from Gamma Atheist, I think. Oh, no, he's Florida. It is literally on the other side of the country. Oh, okay. Right, well... I, look, I got the country right. <laughs> which one? Which one has the governator? Or had the governator? Uh, that would be us. We had the governor. Okay, thing to be proud of, you think? Uh, we had an actor as a governor, so there's that. <laughs> I thought, I, you know what? He was pretty good as a governor. I thought, yeah. You know, there's always scandal associated with it. I didn't really majorly disagree with a lot of the stuff he did. I thought his his policies on green energy and so forth were inspirational. Uh, he was better than what we had before. The governor. And who have you got now? Uh, now we got Jerry Brown again. Do we like him? We don't hate him. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> you know, politicians and, you know, like don't seem to go together very mm. often. Yes, rarely. We've got a, a bad case of that. I'd say probably for the last oh, two or three election cycles in Australia, there's been a really negative attitude towards politics. And I find it really depressing. So, yeah, uh, Julia Gillard got ousted the other day, didn't she? She did. Poor Julia. And you know what? I had a soft spot for her. Don't read too much into that. We're, uh, <laughs> she, was, she, she was an atheist, and she had she had the stones to stand up and say it, but still was very respectful to the religious groups and all around the country. So I admired her for that. I only saw sort of sort of little little glimpses of her every now and again. I remember what was it a few months ago where she, Tony Ab- was it Tony Abbott said something sort of vaguely misogynistic, and she just. 
oh. gave <laughs> gave him the book basically, Both and bells, then that, yeah. that was on the British media. And I thought, yeah, I, I like this lady. Yeah, I didn't mind her either. She played it <laughs> when she had to, though. Oh, look, I think she's an incredibly smart woman an expert debater and she did great things for education in this country and she was on the way to having even more great things done kevin rudd on the other hand well you know what he's pretty he's pretty neutral at least he's not tony abbott (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um platypus tell us how did you get your name and what's the inspiration for your character oh i don't know really i think i was just searching for puns um, oh you, you nailed a good yeah, one I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know I've, I've always quite liked just sort of like animal characters as um kind of anonymous kind of things that come in and say things and i kind of like the idea of anonymity in relation to animals as well for some reason it's a thing that you see like in all sorts of mythologies and things you always have animals kind of like popping up and saying something a bit mischievous and then disappearing Mm. you know snakes for instance that one ruined it for everyone though really to be honest (laughs) the far side i quite like there's always animals in the far side (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah look the the image for this podcast which is the two cows i drew just by hand on my iPad Mini. That was why I decided to start doing a little bit more art because I had a little bit more time on my hands and I thought I'd, I really want to do something productive and I can do political satire. So I started drawing these cartoons and trying to put clever things to them but then the amount of time that went into it to make a very similar point on Twitter, you, you can do it in 140 characters in a minute. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. You know, drawing a cartoon, while it's a, a prettier thing to look at, they're, they're very time-consuming. And so are these podcasts, particularly the editing. So I kind of made a decision. I thought, well, I can dedicate myself to probably two podcasts a week and just whenever I can squeeze them in and with everyone's time zones. And I, I just took that cartoon and put it together and that's brought about the herd mentality. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Skimming right along over to the Atheist Smur. You and I have met before. Yes, we have on the No Godcast uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yes, and uh, I've been meaning, Tanner and I have been trying to cross paths for yonks now <laughs> he helped me set up the xml feed which is uh, the way that podcasts are distributed uh mm-hmm. tanner's a very generous with his time but he and i've both been very busy with our respective works uh i've been wanting to get him on just for a little bit of a bonus material at the end of one of the eps just to plug his show because he had me on his in on episode six with you atheist smurf and we got to have a chat with uh, uh, sarah. sarah yeah something about sarah at something mm. about sarah give her a follow on twitter she's hilarious and she talks about oh, she's totally uh, worth it yeah you know, black humor i like her <laughs> she's good fun and you know we uh, i know where i stand with my thinking and beliefs and i'm prepared to be challenged and if i can learn something out of it i'll change my mind and yeah. she's going to come on this show in the future too yeah i saw i know she listens uh, so a shout out to her and uh, she, she has hello Sarah. <laughs> she she had a um, a mystery follower. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, President Obama. He follows Sarah. So the, there's some really cool people I've met on Twitter. How long have you guys been on? Uh, I've been on with this account since December, but I have a. I don't know, my real account, if you want to call it that, that I've been on for maybe a year and a half and that I now no longer use. Yeah, I mean, it's still active, but I I don't ever tweet with it because the people I've met through kind of the atheist community I've met here has been much more inviting, much more engaging. I'm I'm kind of the same, actually. I've been on as as the platypus for a few months now, but I I do have another account, which I haven't used in a while, where where I just used to talk about music on it, essentially. 
And there comes a point where that gets very boring because you're just, you know, you're just saying, oh, I, I'm listening to this thing. And someone goes, oh, yeah, that, I've heard that. That's good. Or, or, they, or they just ignore it. And there's like, there's not a huge amount you can kind of give, and, give or take when you're just talking about, you're, you're just referencing people to other things. Mm. But it's, mu- it's much more fun getting on and, and like talking about things, I think, like actual issues. <laughs> yes, well, political... I got a little bit political this morning. I, I probably oh. OD'd on coffee and <laughs> it's time to make a change. Yeah, Twitter's, oh. uh, Twitter's great fun. I've been on there for, I don't know, two years or so. Um, but I didn't really start tweeting until the last you know, few months or so. I think I've gone from 400 tweets to almost 2,000 just in the past month and a half, I guess, when I started meeting all of these wonderful people, you know, Gam Atheist and, uh, and Tanner and, and yourself. And uh, yeah, it's great fun. I love it. <laughs> I, think, I think what I like about Twitter the most is that you just you have to carve away any sort of caveats or qualifiers that you might put to your point and then just state it in one kind of very small assertion. And then someone's gonna gonna read it in a way that you weren't intending and then sort of reply to you in a way that you weren't really anticipating and you're going to be forced along sort of routes of discussion that you weren't really meaning to go down but you end up down them anyway and it's sort of sometimes frustrating and sometimes illuminating but it's just it's just what it is really it's kind of fun particularly (laughs) if you follow uh franco soup uh, which everyone should. Oh, yes. Oh, I don't think uh, I do. Oh, yeah. get on oh. that right now. But try not to so much that I have to wear Run, don't walk to your Twitter feed, man. <laughs> <laughs> She's nice. very cool. She and I had, uh, we're having a bit of a chat with Ray Comfort. Deeper Comfort, Masters of the Universe. Uh, oh. Yesterday, now, because look. <sighs> Deepak's blocked me. I've, I don't know if you've read the news this week. <laughs> but uh, I'm very disappointed with myself because I played too many cards too soon. And Deepak had agreed to come on my show in Did August. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I kept asking him questions about cosmic consciousness. and uh, The big topics. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about him, I mean, it's total bull what he talks about. But you know, he's he's actually interesting to listen to. I've I've watched a couple of interviews with him and you know Richard Dawkins and whatnot. Oh, he's animated. He, he's animated, and he's really interesting to listen to. And you know what? It's when you actually listen to him, he actually makes you believe. So I don't know if you want him on your show. He actually makes you believe that it's not bullshit. Oh, you're and, saying he's uh, some sort of hypnotist. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so really what he's been doing to me for the last three weeks has just been saying cosmic consciousness. And you're under. And then blocked. <laughs> Game over. Yeah, yeah, Sad face. Hmm. But I'm, I'm really trying to get Ray Comfort to come on the show because I think he'd have a sense of humour. He's a Kiwi. And if you can get him talking about something that isn't serious, then you probably get to see a different side of him. And I, I, I mean, I, I haven't really been following... Not following Ray. I don't, I don't know what. Since the banana incident, I haven't heard much about him, really. <laughs> uh, look, that's, that's I, think, I think I'm happy to leave it as that. I don't know. I kind of picked him because you can be a little bit more precise and a little bit more cutting, I think. Mm. Because, and because he grew up as a Kiwi, he's, he'll be well prepared, I think, yeah. for that rivalry. Whereas if I were to really go hard on... Someone like, say, who's that Eric Hovind chappy? He looks like a, a smart gentleman. Do you know about him? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yes, he got up on the Atheist Monument and started preaching. Oh, God. <laughs> but see, he's, the guy who got, uh, he's the guy who got completely owned by a 12-year-old or 11-year-old or something like that. There's a video yes. on YouTube of him yes. trying to convince some 11-year-old that, that, uh, of what he believes in. 
And the 11-year-old just is not having any of it. And the 11-year-old, I think, made a complete fool of him. I have to watch this. Yeah. yeah, go yeah, find yeah it. I think yeah. the kid might have been eight, actually. I don't know. The, the, the title said 11, but whatever. So maybe, yeah. I, I enjoy using Twitter as a forum to put your thoughts concisely on somebody who, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. You look at these religious leaders, and if they've got 60 billion Catholics following them, such as the Pope claims to have, you can be sure that your message will be heard amongst part of them. I guess so, so probably, I, what, with, with the Pope even, what you find that sort of replying to his tweets gets people talking. I don't know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't sort of, I haven't, I haven't really delved into that sort of thing myself. Yeah, I guess that's not... That's not uh, what I use uh, Twitter for either. So yeah, well, there's debates happening at all different levels. I just enjoy reading them. I think they're good fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I quite like having um what like, what I really like to do is have debates with other atheists really about kind of subtleties in kind of what what people do and don't quite believe or whether whether people like things like uh, issues like free will is a really interesting one because it's something that's sort of relevant but it divides people even on the atheistic side and you can have some really kind of interesting debates within an atheistic framework which i always find is quite kind of illuminating just to see all the kind of slightly differing perspectives on, on a side that's often kind of portrayed as being quite uh, homogenous and or just as just nothing you know while we're kind of talking about that i you know when you see a picture of a cartoon, I don't know how seriously to take it at first glance. And that's applied to you guys. And now that I've had a chance to speak to you and sort of find out a little bit more about you, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's much easier to put a face to a name, mm. if that makes uh, any sense at all. You were talking about atheists debating atheists, Mr. Smurf. And I had a very <laughs> interesting message come through from a character on Twitter the other day. And I won't, I won't read it word for word. I'll paraphrase it. This character does something similar to, the, to, to what you do. Just, just basically trolling atheists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got in touch, and I said, "What you know? What's what's the go? I suspect you're smarter than you're giving you giving away." And it turns out this person, male or female, I've no idea, is a PhD from a university that I would consider the shizzle. Uh, <laughs> has a musical past, has a lot of patents to their name. I'll put it that way. Mm. And this person uh, who runs all this character has uh, a few followers. Only chimes in from time to time, just like the one of the characters you are, and just such an amazing back. I was blown away when I got that. So uh, if you're listening and you've guessed who you are, <laughs> big shout out, big fan of your work. So what what's the biggest issue going on for you guys right this very instant? Before the the phone call, what was the last thing that left an impression on you from your country? And we'll start with uh, let's kick off. Smurf Town. Oh, the last thing that made an impression on me. Well, I'm in the middle of my work week, so I, I can't say there's very much. But um, we, I don't know if you've, you guys have heard any news from Canada or whatever. We've been dealing with a couple of natural disasters here. We've been, uh, the city where I live has been, uh, was mostly underwater a couple weeks ago. And uh, so, I, you know, that's kind of, that's consumed pretty much everyone's time. I work in IT, so, uh, you know, my life has been kind of consumed with uh, disaster, <laughs> disaster recovery uh, wow. during this. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's been exciting. Um, we're all kind of putting the the city back together now. Look, you're starting to be a little bit like Australia. If half the country's not underwater, the other half's either in drought or being blown up. It's for sure, yeah. So there was an issue in Canada. Oh, I remember reading about it in the news with the exploding train and yeah. people evacuated and so forth. How close? What, what's your proximity? Oh, I'd like three thousand miles. Um, that's uh, the other end of the country. Uh, actually, in Quebec, the French part of the country. Um, yeah, I don't Quebec, know. Is, is that in Florida? It is not in <laughs> Florida. No. Ca- Calif. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
<laughs> I believe it's next to California. My American geography is about as good as yours. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, a train. I think it was carrying oil or something like that. And uh, and it derailed and exploded. Death toll's pretty low. It's only three or four people, I think. But uh, mm-hmm. still, yeah, it's you know probably the worst thing we've had here in a while. Okay, Moonwalking Unicorn, your time to enlighten us with some wisdom. Um, Probably the one thing that's definitely going on here is uh, we're still, uh, you know, the DOMA ruling Prop 8. And that's, for me, is, you know, the marriage equality issue is probably my biggest uh, passion or fight or however you want to talk about it you know i have good friends and and that are gay and so seeing them be affected in, in this case now positively it has been pretty awesome well, that's really exciting news for them yeah definitely we're starting cool. to get our first uh well i guess not first the reissue of same-sex marriages are starting to roll through now in california so yeah it's, it's pretty exciting times one of the things i've kind of been aware of as i've begun to speak up as an atheist is when you start to speak up with those moral you begin to look at the world more openly and say okay well gay rights why not yeah i mean i'm uh i guess a quick backstory i mean i'm somebody who was raised in a a very conservative fundamental christian home so i was on the other side of the fence i guess really not all that long ago so i guess sometimes i'm able to understand the arguments against same-sex marriage because i was the one saying them so i'm I'm, i think typically able to have a a more peaceful conversation although admittedly i'll pull the bigot card card out pretty quick on some people (laughs) because it it does i mean you know it's it's amazing how much your worldview changes when you stop instead of labeling someone as x y or z that you go this is a fellow human being what can i do to make sure that we're all treated equally we discussed evolution in the past and i think that as people become more equally treated evolution's going to slow down anyway (laughs) i think you're probably right that's what my money's on (laughs) (laughs) i think you're probably right about that you know i think uh, you know you know as a, a kind of a contrived example if you have a certain group of people in the world who are you know sort of bred to be slaves for example uh you know i i think they would evolve differently than the rest of the world and i think i think you're right as as we all become sort of more equal and sort of everybody's uh, you know, station in life sort of flattens it out as it has been doing over the past couple of decades. You know, I think that probably will stop or slow down at least. And Mr. Platypus, mm. what's going on over there? <laughs> I'm glad you asked me last because I'm really trying to think of anything that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I watched the news just before coming on <laughs> and that was all about tax. <laughs> Aren't you about uh, to have some sort of royal baby? Uh I'm, not you personally. I'm not. No, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think there is. I think. I think. I think we're a few months off that. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll know about it when the paparazzi start sort of drooling at the mouth. What they are happened? already. <laughs> they are. They are. They are. <laughs> no. Oh, well, I can the knees are still together, and the paparazzi have already started drooling. <laughs> yeah. No. Like in terms of uh, sort of big issues in the UK, the only thing, and this is a slow burner, it's the gay marriage thing again. And uh, actually, the 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 Church of England. Uh, General Synod, which is their sort of big internal meetup thing, that's in progress at the moment, and they're um, discussing whether to keep to. Sounds <laughs> yeah. like the villain from Superman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's 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 not good. Anyway, meeting in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and they're they're discussing um, uh, whether to allow women bishops. Which what last they did this several months ago or maybe a year ago, I can't remember, but they rejected it that time, and they're discussing it again and. Don't know what's going to happen, but whatever happens, they'll they'll look foolish. <laughs> do, do they ever give a real reason for why that's not allowed? Uh, not really. I mean, it's kind of the, the actual structure of the Church of England is complicated enough that the actual people in charge want women bishops to go through, like the, the bishops 
but there's a thing called a house of laity, which is basically people who are just the sort of general public, normal members of the Church of England who have a vote. And these were the ones who who stopped it going through last time. And they can do that somehow. I'm not quite sure how. But they're basically where the more evangelical strands of the Church of England are. So... Uh, who knows? Basically, it can be hijacked by a very small amount of people. So there is a kind of general consensus that it should go through, but it's constantly being uh, stopped by a minority, which is all very exciting. Business <laughs> <laughs> as usual, then, I guess. Eh? Yeah, yeah, this is Church of England 101. <laughs> so, guys, why the atheism? For me, um, I, I'm, I'm an atheist simply because I never became a theist. Um, my parents are not religious. Uh, my grandparents were actually quite, quite um, vocally atheistic. Uh, I went to Church of England schools, but they didn't, they didn't put much effort into it. And I don't know, just never got there, really. But why speak up on it now? Well, right, yeah. Well, because it, it, it matters on moral issues. In the UK, you have people who are, who are religious, and then you have the vast majority of people who, who kind of are, are just not anything who don't really care but are also kind of not not really that happy with calling themselves an atheist either i am sort of happy with the term because i i, I do think it matters on the issues of, of gay marriage i think circumcision is a thing which is a, a really big deal and hasn't been made enough enough fuss hasn't been made about it yet it's all sorts of things we have we have bishops in the in the house of lords which means there's kind of uh, there's religious representation in parliament effectively which is a kind of ridiculous state of affairs yeah so i think it, i think it does matter well and that and i do find the the ph- philosophical side of it just just quite interesting moonwalking unicorn uh yeah i guess uh, as far as how i got here um i wanted to learn everything i could about christianity um, I wanted to be a youth uh, minister growing up, so in my personal studies, I kind of realized that it's all, um, and so that pushed me into kind of a deistic uh, state for a while, which eventually you kind of realize is there's really no reason to be a deist either, and here I am. As far as why I speak up, it's because I see people get hurt by faith. Uh, daily. Uh, I I think faith is rather dangerous because there's no measure of accuracy. There's really no difference between good or bad theology because it's all bad. Mr. Smurf, enlighten us. Well, uh, I came from a Catholic family, went to Catholic school, and uh, went to church when I was younger, but you know, talking about the gay rights thing, it's I think it's kind of the same thing. You always kind of know, you know, I always kind of knew even when I was a kid that it was bullshit. Yeah, I mean, over the years, you know, I, I tried to be, you know, a good Catholic and whatever went to church and, and all that. My wife and I went to church a few years ago, and um, but I never really believed it. I don't know, I guess over the past couple of years, I just kind of came to terms with that, and yeah, here we are. As far as why I speak out, you know, I agree with the, with, with the other guys. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, theism is a, a plague. But also, I'm a big fan of not being dumb. And uh, <laughs> I see so many people on Twitter, and, and almost without fail, they're you know the the kind of people that we're talking about, and and I just I see so many people, and they're just so fucking stupid. You know, I just I can never let that pass. It's a tricky one. <laughs> Every now and then, I just chime in and ask a question. How did you get from universe to God? Did it? Where's the leap? I find that asking questions rather than stating facts. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, asking kind of like questioning. Uh, one thing that I find really closes down debate is if you try and um, second guess someone's motives for having their opinion. That really pisses people off. Um, but yeah, like you say, if you sometimes just interject like a cool question, can it, like you don't you don't necessarily change someone's mind but you kind of you can you just open up new avenues 
of uh, discussion, I think, mm-hmm. and then sometimes get that back as well. And yeah, I, I think that's a better way to approach these things, I think. What would you like to see more of on the podcast? Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I like it the way it is. I, I, uh, I, I really like the, um, the, the specialised ones you did where, so you got some scientists in. What I'd like to see is one where you got some uh, philosophers in, like people doing PhDs and stuff. I think that would be a good one to debate some of the finer points. I was just going to say, I, I'm, I'm more a fan of like this kind of show uh, rather than specialised one. No, I like those too, but uh, you know, where you just kind of get three or four people together and, and talk, whether about a topic. So, I had something to add on on an earlier point is uh, the, the question of sort of why talk about atheism and I think it's another reason is that it's often portrayed as you have sort of theism as a sort of moral framework and then atheism they're not often portrayed firstly as sort of not having one but then people sort of often come back and say well okay just because we're not theists doesn't mean we can't have morals but I think sometimes it's worth pointing out that a kind of naturalistic outlook can actually provide a really really strong system of morals and, and you can't and you can't really articulate that without taking a kind of assertive stance on it so for instance just just taking a, a very scientific outlook on life kind of tells us a lot about kind of our, our minds where where it's come from how it's been uh, shaped by evolution what that means for how we interact with each other how we understand how we do that uh, what that means for how we might get better at it how we might treat animals and things so there's a whole lot of things that are kind of atheistic or, or naturalistic outlook can give you that that a theistic one can't i think and so there's a reason for uh, arguing for it kind of assertively in relation to to morality sort of in in the public sphere and that's i think the kind of main motivator for why i kind of want to talk about it rather than just kind of act as a uh, someone who just isn't a theist and just doesn't care about it i think uh, also that sort of uh, intertwined with that is is the concept of you know happiness and, and being connected uh, being content with your life, you know, because uh, you know we've we've seen the cartoons and whatnot about uh, you know tell your parents if there's an atheist in the in the neighborhood, blah blah, etc. And um, you know it's important for people to know, especially you know the kind of people that we deal with on Twitter every day. It's important for them to know that yeah, you can be happy without being a theist. You know, if you have, uh, you know, I, I, I've been more content over the past two years than I ever before. And I think it's mainly because there's nobody to impress. Living where I do, I don't really have much exposure to kind of uh, quite aggressive theism, but we do have the kind of uh, liberal Christian left who are kind of at pains to try and convince you that atheism is kind of missing some sort of vital enchantment is the word they use. Enchantment with the world is something that they think is is uh, missing and they equate religion with, with art. So they're saying the sort of the thing you get out of art is the same sort of thing that you get out of religion and with if you're if you're secular you can't have that and I, and I think that's nonsense really um so for me it's often about articulating what 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 a sort of secular naturalistic outlook can give you i think well, there's beauty to be seen everywhere it's pretty straightforward <laughs> live a good life and if god exists you'll get a, a second shot <laughs> yeah if he doesn't well, you'll have lived a good life, and I'll have stared at death for exactly what it is. <laughs> I think if he does, you know, he'd be happy that we all use our brain rather than just being sheep. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's the sort of God that, that I would like to put a capital G on. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Do you guys travel a lot? I, I go down to the United States every once in a while. Uh, I used to work for an oil company, so I was down in Texas a lot, mm-hmm. which I love, and I've been to Florida and uh, Michigan and New York and kind of the northern states there. Uh, but I've never been off the continent. I haven't, I haven't got out much recently, actually, but I used to. I've, I've, I've spent a bit of time in, in Southeast Asia and uh, India, but this was all like sev- several years ago. 
recently I've been a bit, bit I've been confined to London I think it's starting to get to me actually I think I need to leave <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't I lived in London for oh, probably six months Oh. And then, then moved up to Sheffield for two years. <laughs> My theory is the further you can get away from any capital city, the nicer the people are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've been uh, about two years in London now. And uh, I think about another six months and I'll be done forever. But you're from the south of England somewhere. Yes, actually from near London, not, not London. A place called Guildford? Oh, you know Guildford. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, not, so not... <laughs> London must seem pretty exciting by comparison. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I spent. I, I was at university in uh, sort of some of the northern cities. I was in Leeds and then Manchester. Uh, so I've I've been about a, a bit. Um, I do like London, but some of the the northern towns are nice as well. Leeds is yeah. good fun. It is, yes. Manch- Manchester's rough. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's uh, good fun though. <laughs> it's, it's it's good fun. It's it's a strange place. It's, I mean, it's very bleak. Um, oh yes. But, but once you get under it, it's got this kind of community thing going on. It's got a good art scene. It's 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 a place you need to kind of uh, spend a bit of time with, I think. Whereas Leeds is just uh, raucous. <laughs> yeah, it's just a uni town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thank you very much for coming on the show. I love chatting to people who I still know very little about at the end of it and just hearing just their ideas and where they're from and their thoughts. And It's been a good chat. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Our condolences to the moonwalking unicorn. I'll edit in one minute silence because we lost the moonwalking <laughs> unicorn. Uh, I think maybe hit the power cord out of the back of the computer with the trotter. Yeah. And it's hard to put it back in with those things as well. And I can't imagine how you do it with your teeth and a horn. It's... Yeah. <laughs> beyond me (laughs) so guys thank you very much for being on the herd mentality and i look forward to chatting with you on twitter thank you goodbye thank you take care guys bye hello everyone i'm hugo and i'm jake and we are the bible reloaded Soon we're going to be featured on a future episode of the Herd Mentality Podcast. So if you like shameless self-promotion, you're going to love the next 20 seconds. You should go take a look at us over on YouTube at The Bible Reloaded, because we have two-thirds of the following. An atheist Bible study, dick jokes, and fresh-baked goods. If you don't like one or more of those things, you can go fuck yourself. I agree. Yep. So come visit us over at The Bible Reloaded. Uh, Subscribe or don't. I don't really care. We now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Herd Mentalists to your absolutely free, cost-you-nothing bonus material on episode 8. I've got with me Chris Krasmensky, who goes by the Twitter handle at Marco underscore I09. Welcome, how are you? I'm well, thanks for having me, Adam. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Well, it's not... Okay, I'll tell a lie. This isn't the first time I've had you on. Do you want to tell me what happened the first time? Yeah, you know, we talked for about half hour, 45 minutes. Good talk. and great, uh, just from memory. Yeah, and uh, just a little recording malfunction. No hard feelings there. Well, but... yeah, see, the, the truth is that the when I went to listen back to the recording, it w- recorded my side of the conversation really well, but not yours. So I thought what we... Hmm, I was going to take the easy option and just play you back the original recording and mm-hmm. let you try and squeeze in your answers. Hopefully you get the same answers the second time around. But no, no, not this time, mate. We'll just... <laughs> we'll, we'll improvise... We'll improvise. We'll make it. We'll make do. So, uh, where are you from? Yeah, originally I'm from uh, just outside Philadelphia in uh, New Jersey in the United States, and um, just generally lived all over uh, the U.S. That is, I mean, New York City, Alabama, North Carolina, but I'm currently in New Jersey. Okay, so well, my limited 
knowledge of the geography of the U.S., there's there's a little bit of north there, there's a little bit of south. You said Alabama, so there's there's uh, some pretty heavy religious yeah. gear going on down there. Because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I've had someone yeah. on the show previously who was from Alabama, the um, atheist drummer. But New York, how how religious is that? New York, I mean, you know, New York is just, uh, you can find religious people. There are neighborhoods of people who are religious. But if you're just walking around and you're not casually uh, going into these sort of sort of cloistered neighborhoods, you would never notice Alabama. It's easier to see because it's more homogeneous, um, very Christian, which is not to say one sect of Christianity, but... You know, Baptist, uh, Methodist, anything. But I mean, churches everywhere, and um, it's it's more stereotyped as being religious. So they have that, you know, to to also kind of um, color in the picture. Well, yeah, obviously that's why I <laughs> sort of leapt to that conclusion because that's yeah, that's yeah. really all I know. It's it's and look, it's an unfair it's an unfair. Uh, observation to make i would think about uh, all of yeah, them because there's plenty of people there who are atheists and hello sure. to you if you're listening both of you <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about you you're somewhat of an author from what i can tell yeah just had uh just had my first shot at uh writing a book and um you know i guess it was kind of uh it's kind of born from you know I, I started on twitter with atheism specifically probably like say a year and a half two years ago um, just really providing information, writing thoughts, things like that. And as I debated people, I just kind of saw patterns recur in the things they got wrong, in the things they wanted to know, the things they would ask me. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of sort of rounded into form in my head of being like, I kind of felt like the atheism help desk of people and just answering the same questions over and over again. And I was like, I feel as though, you know, a resource really written for anyone in mind, but specifically for people who have inquisitive minds on the question to sort of go to and tap, you know, ultimately, so I wouldn't have to just run around in circles all day long. Mm, I like like that uh, analogy, the atheism help desk. I think that's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Oh, I mean, you know, it's, I'm 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 there willingly. I'm there to answer questions and try to and try to you know remove um, long term stereotypes or misinformation. But it is it is frustration. It is frustrating when you do um, see the same question, the same exact wording over and over again, and you just feel like you can't uh, make any progress. You know. Yeah, well, there's some people who thrive on that, and there's there's an account that I've been watching of late, and I really quite admire his uh, persistence. Take that Darwin. Have you, are you familiar mm. with him at all? All, all he, basically, all he does is searches the Twitter feed for evolutionary yeah, nonsense. Yeah, if yeah. if they're, why are there still monkeys? You know that that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And all he does is retweet, and then lets everyone else have a go. I think it's <laughs> it's uh, very amusing to do. But there's so, there's so many people out there with uh, these misconceptions. So the people who I've spoken to who have read your book have had wonderful things to say. I must confess, I haven't read your book yet. But I do okay. promise I will. Let's talk more about the Twitter thing. So Twitter was what drove you to to put all this into writing and um, and create a book to to share. Yeah, I mean, again, like you know, I was I'm, I'm aware that there are plenty of atheism books. It's not it's not a new or in some ways trailblazing uh, thing to write about, you know. So I was very very conscious of the fact that I needed to bring something original uh, to the table. So there, I, I would say the book is half intellectual intellectual reasoning to sort of build up the atheism case of why, you know, logically speaking, there's no reason to believe these principles and propositions. And the rest of it is is kind of filling in the vacuum of what happens and what you do with yourself when the institutions of religion and the corollaries of their thought collapse from being discredited. You know, religion in my mind and religious thought does fulfill some pretty serious and pretty weighty goals and, and purposes and objectives in people's lives. 
Mm. And they, they, they do sense it when you get through to them on an intellectual basis. They do hesitate and draw away because they, they say things like, well, what am I supposed to do with myself? How do I live without this? And so they, they are emotionally dependent on it in, in really significant ways. And, so, you know, that was, that was to me um, one of the more novel aspects. I think my intellectual approach is relatively novel, but the emotional, um, the emotional and sort of life redefining strategies, I think, were, um, were kind of the, the, the most novel aspects of what I was adding to the discussion. Hmm. It really strikes me, the, the two words that you used there that stick out were um, intellectual and emotional. Your hmm. tweets, I've been, I really do keep an eye on those. I think they're very clever and you make hmm. some, brilliant, some brilliant, brilliant points using wonderful language that very few people would use. And I think it's a, a very creative way of standing out. Like you say, you wanted to do something that would stand out from the crowd and this is how you do it. So I've, I've tried playing along. I've, I've, <laughs> I've had you that. have. I, I mean, I, pre- I think it's. I think it's fun. I like that. It, it is fun, and that, that's what it's got to be. And everyone has their own sort of flavour to add mm-hmm. to it. So the ones that I really enjoy are the ones where you ta- you distance yourself from it. You just say, "I am atheism," and I X Y Z, and then mm-hmm. explain something. So it uh, encapsulates one aspect of being an atheist. Sure. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, when it comes to what and how I write or, you know, how I'm how I frame things, I think of of who it is that I'm trying to reach or who it is I'm I'm hoping will read these. And I just think to myself, um, let's give them as many different lenses and perspectives and vantage points and pan- panoramas as possible mm. um, so that in the cross-section of some of those concepts it will start to fill in where religious people, um, even when I was religious, you you resist you um you don't want to to let any sort of puncturing go on in the ideology understandably so that to me is 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 my way of sort of sort of blasting as many sort of light holes through the black box as I can. I, I, ho- I hope that it works. You know, some people, some people show up to, you know, to give me a hard time. Some people are very complimentary. Very few of that, if you, almost nobody will come up and say that, you know, you, you've, you know, because of what you've written, it's changed my life. So deep down, I hope that people are, are watching and spectating and, 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 and feeling, you know, new information has come to light for them. But Ultimately, it's just it's just me throwing messages and bottles just out into the in the digital ocean, you know. So yeah. So look, you mentioned you were religious. How long were you religious for, and how did that come about? Was it a family thing, or was it a choice? No. Well, I mean, I was raised Catholic. I, I can't say I probably went through about a year uh, when I was a teenager of take of being halfway interested in taking it seriously. But like most Catholics. Um, it, it just kind of became a something that I just said. If somebody, if so, like I mean, my family never raised me to believe in the Pope or listen to any of his proclamations or anything. And so it just became something that was said. If somebody asked you, like, like, oh, well, I'm Jewish or I'm, you know, I'm Christian. Like, what about you? You just, I just said, oh, well, I'm Catholic. And never, you know, in the meantime, deep down, I was like, yeah, I'm completely, you know, in fa- I'm pro-choice and uh, in, you know, pro uh, contraception use and things like that. So mm. uh, deep down, I had completely disregarded their their comments on scientific um aspects of uh, of life but you know I, I just identified that way and i would say probably about three years ago when i was in alabama for uh, for law school maybe four years ago now because of the of just the the overwhelming kind of grip that religion has down there sort of encouraged me to confront the ideas in myself a little bit more directly and just kind of and just sort of be more decisive about about throwing them off because religion does cause a lot of damage in that area it's not everyone's not a part of it but it does have a legacy of being people defer to it and they they show respect to it in my opinion it's it, it has cost that region of the united states quite a bit 
quite a bit. Socially, financially? Pretty much down the line. Of course, nothing's all bad. You know, in, in some ways, religion, no, nothing can ever be pure bad. So, I mean, religion does do some things. It does bind people together. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes them protect their group. But when it comes to economics, um, general, I would say the way that Alabama and the Southeast, if I could generalize in a really irresponsible way, the way that it's most affected in a negative way is that there's really not, from what I, from in my experience, there's really not an attempt to really, to really have any intellectual boldness or intellectual um, innovation, and they, they, they wind up, on average, in my opinion, being a little bit behind when it comes to, and, and you know, another reason that it concerns me is that I think they may be in danger of being left behind as sort of the rest of the country and the world moves forward without these hindrances. It is kind of hard to discuss these things without putting people in categories and holes. Sure, I mean, sure. A part of that comes about with state laws and so forth, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, there, there's one state that says, yes, you can have these rights and privileges as a human being, and there are these others that don't. Sure. Yeah, it can hold certain areas and aspects of your society back. That's just one place. That's just Alabama. So tell me more about your book. What's it called? Where can we get it? Right. The book the main title is What Are You Without God? Uh, in a question. And uh, the subtitle is How to Discredit Religious Thought and Rebuild Your Identity. It's published under my real name, not not Marco. My real name being Christopher Krasminski. And, do, you um, to, do you want to spell that? Sure. Uh, Christopher, that's normal. Krasminski, K-R-Z-E or Z, as you will. M-I-N-S-K-I. Amazon's probably going to be the best place for it. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's generally the... This is not... I was extremely painfully aware of the fact that this this topic is not uh, has not been addressed and in a somewhat decisive manner before, you know? Mm. It was... I was very cognizant and self-aware that um, to do it and to do it with any sort of meaning, you know, a, a new approach, something, something with more uh, nuance, something with additional flavors had to be brought to the table. So that's mm. what I went for. Yeah, well, just doing the maths in my head, you confronted these religious thoughts and your situation three years ago, mm-hmm. uh, then got into Twitter about, what was it, 18 months ago? Yeah, well, originally I got into Twitter for alternative media sources when it comes to using Twitter for atheism. I would say a year and a half's fair, sure. Yeah, and then pretty quickly you managed to knock a book together. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's, it, was just, it, was, it was a pattern-based concept for me. I mean, I was, I was learning myself and, and as I was debating people in terms of where I was strong, where I was weak. And really the, the, the conceit of the book came together for me when I thought of um, – when I really just thought of um, the patterns um, that, they, that they kept running through. And I thought to myself, you know, I can beat – everything that they're saying and I can do it all at once. The problem with Twitter is is that, you know, it's extremely effective tool for communication. Mm. But in terms of in terms of dealing decisive, complete and thorough refutation of something, um, especially a long-held ideology like religion, it, you just run out of time. 140 characters uh, back and forth. Somebody eventually is going to get tired and quit and understandably so. But when it comes to when it came to me seeing the whole forest from the trees, I was like, you know, just dawned on me that you know if I pinned it all down at once and dissected it, whether or not the same people I was speaking to online would read it was a different, uh, different issue, a separate issue from the fact that it could be done. I've got one question here, a message here from Secular Bloke, who never fails to send us in a question. And he asks that given that you, you live in the most religious nation in the developed world, have you seen any change in attitudes towards religion where you are? Tough question, mainly because the U.S. is so big that just land-wise, um, if you go from the difference between New York City and central Pennsylvania, and Iowa, and Utah. You're talking about, for all intents and purposes, different countries in many ways. I would say, on average, if I had to speculate, I would say that religion, thanks to really 
if, if there has been anything, it's been a backlash. Thanks to years of George W. Bush, who based a lot of really aggressive foreign policy on religion uh, to the dismay of a lot of people, including religious people, quite frankly. Religious people do not necessarily have to be... Including um, the entire world. Hmm. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. But I mean, um, religious people in this country can be secular. And so many religious people were rubbed the wrong way by that, including atheists who obviously just want nothing to do with it altogether. But eight years of him and his policies. And then you have Catholic child abuse scandals. Philadelphia, which is a region that I'm familiar with, was just completely rocked. Boston, L.A., um, and, and many more um, were completely rocked by just really blatant criminal activity for decades, just with, with impunity, just incredibly unforgivable, unthinkable behavior that they've done. You lump these things together and you throw in a dash of just general, you know, Muslim extremism and uh, as just, as just a, a, general, a general threat from abroad, a nebulous threat from abroad. And I think you're, you're getting a general cocktail of people getting fatigued by chasing shadows, by being stressed out by these things that they really don't understand. And because they're put in front of them um, in such an aggressive and, and weighty way, I think people, uh, people have backlashed. In a, um, and I, I don't want to say that they, they backlash in, in the way that atheists do, in the sense that atheists go, well, you just don't need it at all. But I think many religious people have, have withdrawn from their communities and, and sort of taken a step out um, just, to, just to get a breather. Whether it reverts back uh, at a later time when things calm down, that's anybody's guess. It's, it's a very difficult country to read, the U.S., because Texas is its own fantasy land. Uh, the southeast is its own thing. The northeast. And um, you, you, there's, it's a really difficult place to summarize. Yeah, it's, it's harder to pick than a broken nose. That's what yeah. <laughs> how yeah. we describe it. All right. Well, look, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's, uh, Thanks for having me. It was it's, fun. It's an absolute pleasure having anybody come on, but uh, I do really enjoy talking about the philosophical stuff and people who have who have really taken a stand and, and done something their own accord. I think that's marvellous. You should be proud. I appreciate it. So, Chris, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow him on the interwebs at Marco underscore I O nine and his book is What Are You Without God? It's available on Amazon. I suggest you get your hands on it, Chris. Thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot, buddy, and I hope you feel better. Cheers, mate.